episode all about dinosaurs movies films uh, stuff like that but as always before that we're going to get into some recent watches and news and stuff like that um not a whole lot in the area of news since the last time we recorded but uh the one thing i wanted to mention is uh have you heard about rob zombie and his new crowdfunding for he's got a new movie uh, called 31 apparently he's got a new like crowdfunding kickstarter however you want to call it well yeah uh, he's got this whole new project started for this movie that apparently the reason why he's doing it is to avoid any kind of studio interaction. Oh, you know, okay. I can kind of understand that, yeah, but well, you know, bullshit. this is a uh, you know multi-millionaire we're talking about, and uh, you know, and you know, I really wanted to get into you know how you feel about that in general. You know, crowdfunding. You know, Spike Lee just did a Kickstarter and. Uh, amateur uh, filmmakers, I'm all about that. Right. I really am. Uh, or, uh, you know, maybe somebody trying to bring out obscure films, you know, you, that never been released on DVD and do a Kickstarter. That's great. That's yeah. what that's for, to help yeah. out, you know, the, the the little people, I guess. But exactly. Spike Lee can kiss my ass yeah. uh, regarding that shit. Uh, Spike Lee did it. Uh, you know, Kevin Smith is becoming notorious for doing that because he's got a crazy fan base, and he's, you know, out, the uh, Red State. Have you? I don't know if you've seen that movie. Was that a Kickstarter? Yeah, that was a, that was a, a Kickstarter, I believe, or something similar to Kickstarter that he funded on Kickstarter. You know, it was totally funded by uh, fans, and he took the uh, the film took it to festivals shopped it around and then purchased the film himself for one dollar and released it himself on you know his own company released it and everything and you know where did the money go from the you know where did the proceeds go into his pocket so you know and that's the same thing that Spike Lee's gonna do I just that that's where it becomes a problem is when the fans pay for it and you know, I understand if you're you're a fan of this you know product whatever you want to call it that you know you get to see more of it but the problem, I think, is when the the uh, you know the content creators are actually making a profit off of this when it's funded by the fans. I just think it's kind of shitty. I'm curious what the incentives. You know, they put those incentives up for how much you put on. Right. Uh, I'm curious what that is for those. But I don't remember what it was for Red State in particular. I remember when it was happening. Um, as I'm not a big uh, Kevin Smith fan, I, I wasn't before this, and uh, you know this this is not helping my opinions of him. But uh, 
you know, I, I've I've funded a few uh, movies, and you know that would include a Blu-ray copy or something. You know, I'd put in twenty bucks, you get a free copy of the Blu-ray when the film comes oh. out. And uh, you know, I've done a few things like that on uh, you know Indiegogo and, and Kickstarter. You know, over the uh, past couple of years, and you know, I've gotten the gotten the DVD. You know, been satisfied with it. That's that's awesome. You know, when you you know put in twenty bucks, you know, you can put in as much money as you want. You can put yeah. in fifty cents if you want to. But, uh, you know, you don't get anything for it. But uh, you remember uh, Veronica Mars? I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah, I, I kept movie. up with that one, actually. Yeah. And that one was, you know, they raised, whatever, a million, couple million dollars, seven million, whatever the, the, the dollar amount is. And then, uh, I forget what studio, it was it Sony? I'm not sure. One of the big studios, like, saw this. You know, the Kickstarter reached its goal. And then the studio put in another ten, fifteen million dollars and released this movie. You know, it was a fairly limited release, but it got made, came out, and you know, made a shit ton of money. And where did that money go? To the fucking studios. You know, the the people that you know contributed got. Uh, I don't know if they got tickets to the movie or what, but you know, they got something for it. Yeah. And uh, they had a you know the higher tier contribution. They actually got uh, credits on the movie got to be in the movie you know got to go on set you know and I heard that you know they had a great experience and you know uh, I forget the lead actress's name uh, Kristen Bell I think it is is, is Veronica Mars yeah I think so but she uh, you know she treated them all really well and, you know it was all a you know really enjoyable experience and that's great and all but you know the the studio picking that up when they didn't have the balls to do it before they realized the the, the money before they saw the green in the idea I think that it's just a really shitty thing because, I mean, what it means is you're paying for something that they're profiting off of when, you know, they're, these studios are starting to see that and they're saying, well, fuck it, these fans will put up, you know, put up the money so it'll save us that money. Yeah. So if the fans will put the money up, we'll release the movie. So it's just saving the studios that, that much more, you know, millions of dollars. It's, I think it's going to become more and more, you know, common and you know oh it is definitely it's just in the last year you can see it kickstarter everywhere because i uh, remember uh riff tracks that won for the uh yeah 1998 godzilla did they get that i mean were they able to get the amount oh they did did they they reached i can't remember how much it was but they reached their goal but once they reached a certain amount i think it went over that sony threw in uh anaconda as well so we're getting both of those this year. Um, but I know Rift Tracks is a little bit different because it's not a big, huge company or anything. Yeah, but Rift Tracks sells their shit. I mean, it's not like you know, you're do. getting to, to watch it for free or listen to it for free. I mean, you know, every time you want to download their stuff, you've got to pay, you know, was it three bucks or something for a one of their uh, commentaries which I know it's not a lot of money but they're making them you know they're they're making profit you know so I just I don't know I kind of feel like I don't know I'm kind of split on the idea I think it it, you know as far as independent stuff goes it is allowing some of that stuff to be made that maybe wouldn't have a chance otherwise which I think is great but it's when these bigger companies get involved is when it becomes a problem. Well, it's when you have directors who get, like, millions of dollars for one movie, uh, where it's kind of odd. Because 
Isn't uh, Kevin Smith's uh, Tusk? Was that Kickstarter? Oh, Kevin Smith did Tusk? Yeah. Oh, wasn't aware of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wasn't aware that he was involved with Tusk. I know that's that's out or it's coming out soon. That's a, um, I'm sure it was a Kickstarter if it was his. He, he knows he can do it now. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like people like Rob Zombie and people like uh, uh, Spike Lee, I almost feel like they should put up their own money. I mean... It's like, if you don't have the guts to put up your own money to make your project, I mean, what the hell's going on here? I mean, you want a million dollars, put a, put a million dollars of your cash up. You've got it. You know, you, you don't have the, the, the confidence in your project? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure how the studio system is working right now. Well, I mean, if they're trying to avoid the, the studio system, you know, put, put your yeah. own cold hard cash up. You know what? Well, a lot of directors had to start off like that, make a bunch of shit they didn't care to make, mm-hmm. and then once they get out there and show that they can do it, they can start making their you know dream projects. Yeah. I mean, look at Spielberg, Lucas. They can do whatever the hell they want to. Yeah, they could. You know, Lucas did a Star Wars trilogy, and then he did, I guess, what he had always thought about doing, which was Howard the Duck. Right. You know? <laughs> it didn't turn out well, but he did it. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's there's some positives and negatives to Howard the Duck. I, I really like to think that that entire Star Wars trilogy was towards that goal. Was only so we can make Howard the Duck. Yeah, that's it. So we can play Doc. And He's got some kind of like weird uh, bird fetish or something where he like imagines birds with tits. Yeah. Or just so he could put Leah Thompson in something. Um, she was the only saving grace of that movie for me. Yeah. She's great in everything she does for the most part. But um, I don't know. I just wanted to get your opinions on that. Uh, is this kind of... I don't know. Rob Zombie's an odd guy. He's, he's kind of made some, some weird decisions in what he's doing. I mean, like, when he... Uh, I guess we can get into this. Uh, you know, first of all, he said he was never going to do a remake. Right. And this is all old news. He said he was never going to do a remake, then made the remake of Halloween. Of course he did. And then, you know, comes out, says, I'm never going to do a sequel. Does a sequel to the Halloween remake. And now, um, there was an article on, uh, I forget the name of the site. I'll look it up here in just a minute. But uh, they, uh, someone put an article out about how uh, Rob Zombie thought that his Halloween was better than the original. Which is very very hypocritical considering, you know, there's many, you know, documents of him saying, you know, how much he, you know, loves the original Halloween and how it was so influential. That on sounds arrogant to me. Everything he's done. And now his is so much better than the original. Um, I, I don't know. He just seems like he's saying this shit just to make the papers or the headlines or whatever. Um, that's, uh, that's pretty shitty of him to do that. You know, when the original influenced him. Like, you know, I, I love the original Godzilla. And yeah. then I make one of my well, mine's better than that shit. Right. You know, fuck that. I would I would never do that. Exactly. That's just extreme arrogance. And that's going to piss off a lot of people. Right, right. I don't know. I just don't, don't get a lot of the... I don't know. I... 
I personally don't don't understand a lot of the, the love for his work, even though, you know, you're talking to someone who is a huge fan of White Zombie, you know, his yeah. his music. I was somewhat a fan of, you know, Rob Zombie went out on his own and then you know, you're talking about someone who was excited as fuck for that uh for the Halloween movie when it came out, you know. I was ass in the seat opening day. You know, and very very disappointed with it, but you know, we could save that for another day. But uh, you know, I loved uh, Love Devil's Rejects. That one's better. I wasn't very impressed with uh, The House of a Thousand Corpses. I saw it in the theater. And, uh, you know, for a first director's outing, you know, first time for a director, I think it's it's great. Oh. But it's, you know, obviously a, very much a, a copycat of uh, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, uh, I don't know. I've got mixed opinions on that. I think Devil's Rejects is a fucking masterpiece. Um, but uh, oh, the uh, what the, the website I was trying to think of where he uh, that that posted the article about him saying that his Halloween was superior was uh, MoviePilot.com. dot com, and they they posted the article and they they've since removed it. So right. because he he went on a tirade on Twitter apparently. Or you know somewhere went on a tirade and uh, wasn't happy about it, so they re- they removed the article, which kind of says that they don't really have a lot of balls. But uh, you know, that's well. I mean, if he said it and they put it on there, there's really nothing he could do. I wouldn't think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean but, even if even if they interviewed him, it's like this is off the record still. Yeah, I mean, it's not like slander if he said it or libel or whichever one it is. Yeah, but you know, everything on the internet is like up for grabs right now with all that stuff. It's really kind of all uncharted territory. I'm sure we'll figure out the legalities of it here in the uh, you know next few years. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I had there. Is there anything you've seen recently you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I actually would like to uh, mention that uh, I went back and watched two comedies... I saw roughly, I guess, ten years ago, you know, right out of high school, and uh, just just to see how they held up. One of them was not another teen movie, oh, God. which you know was one of the earlier spoof movies. Right. Um, <laughs> I I liked it when it when I first saw it. I really did. I still think it's better than a lot of the other shit that came out since. But uh, yeah, I read about the uh, the guy who played Reggie Ray in there, the, the fat guy. He was the same one that was actually in yeah. the uh, Varsity Blues. Or I think so. One of the football movies. Uh, yeah. He, uh, well, I read that he lost a ton of weight. He oh, had did gastric he? bypass. They nearly killed him apparently, and now he can't find any work because he's not fat. But uh, there's no course, room for a, for a redneck that's not fat. Yeah, well, no. In Hollywood, you gotta you gotta have your. But, you know, I McConaughey's was, taking all those spots. Like the first movie Chris Evans did? I think so. Oh, Chris Evans? The yeah. uh, Captain America? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, he's awesome. He's he's turned out to be really Wait. good. Well, he was the lead in that. Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, Chris Evans is a talented guy, man. He can do funny, and he can, you know, he can. he's a great action star. You know, he's obviously... Well, he's know, got that on-screen charisma, you know. He's hit the gym and, you know, 
really uh, turned into a great action star, I think, was Captain mm-hmm. America. But he, uh, which is strange because, you know, he was uh, the Human Torch. Yeah. And the two uh, Fantastic Four movies, which is fucking bizarre to, to imagine him being two different characters. Well, they're just rebooting. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I bet half the people that see these movies don't even know that. They don't even know that. that I don't know what happened. You know, yeah. a week ago. So. Well, they were probably like four years old when uh, Fantastic Four came out. Uh, so, um, let's see the other one I went back and watched was uh, Scary Movie Two. Uh, the reason I watched oh, this, this shit was on Netflix. Oh yeah, man, Scary Movie uh, Two is awesome. Man, it didn't hold up like uh, oh, before. Here's. Everything with Tim Curry in it is still great. Right. Most of everything with Chris Elliott is still hilarious. The only part I had a problem with was the Charlie's Angels. Exactly. I was going to say that. It's all, it's too topical. It is. I mean, it it dates the hell out of that stuff. Um, Do you remember the the scene when they're doing the basketball thing? Yeah, that was stupid. But that was based on like a Nike commercial or some shit back in the day. And like nobody would know that if they hadn't. But no, right. you know. Well, they also had the Firestone thing, you know, when Firestone had that issue like a month before oh, the, the movie. tires. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> and they had that like it was uh, with Richard Mall and David Cross right. in that hallway, and the wheelchairs smash into each other, and the wheel rolls and it's Firestone. Ah, uh, uh, so um, funny. It probably wasn't even funny at the time. Well, it just happened. I was like, "How the hell is this already in here?" Uh, but that's. Um, I mean, I guess it's just playing to their audience. But that's exactly what it is. You know, it's it's definitely going to hurt you in the long run because it's not going to stand the test of time. Most of the movie doesn't. I mean, right. everything with that black cat in it doesn't Dude, hold up. Fucking, I'll tell you what makes the movie for me. David Cross in the wheelchair, him at Chris Elliott's throat the whole time, you know, them fighting. Yeah. And the fucking gimp arm of, of Chris Elliott. That was his strong arm. His strong arm. When he puts that shit in the in the potatoes, I think Chris Elliott seals the deal, man. He's just yeah, he's his part makes the makes the movie for me. He's to me he's very uh underrated. We, I know Cabin Boy didn't make No he, make a lot. I think Tim Burton was involved with that, but uh what was the TV series he had ran a few seasons? Life, Life with Chris or something like that? Something like that, man. Um, God damn it, I can picture the cover of it, but... Um, yeah, that... that uh, I don't know, that's still a funny movie to me. Like We still quote that around the house all the time. Oh, there's parts of it that still hold on. Like, like uh, I said, uh, Tim Curry is a pervert, you know, through the whole thing. <laughs> um... And you have Tori Spelling in it, you know, they have that scene where she's, uh, well, she starts to get raped by uh, a ghost, but she's obviously into it. You know, the Entity, they talk about the Entity. Oh, is that, uh, that from the Entity? Well, I mean, he's, he's got his dick in her mouth, shit like that, you know, oh. and all that. And then it turns into Poltergeist, where she's rolling along the... Uh, she likes the it. walls though. and everything. Yeah, she likes it. Unlike the entity. Um, but, uh... That show yeah, Chris Elliott was fun. on was, uh, mm-hmm. was called Get a Life. Get a Life. Get a okay, life. yeah, it brings a bell. Also, in Scary Movie 2, a lot of the movies that they, they reference are not really big anymore. Like, uh... 
Oh shit! The one we were talking about the other day—not not House on Haunted Hill, but the Haunting. Yeah. I think the whole premise of them going to that house is like the Haunting, right? Yeah. And then you know everybody going to their own bedroom. I tell you one thing I really liked was uh, you know when Anna Ferris goes up to the house and you've got that dude there and his ball sack hits yeah. the knocker. Yeah, yeah. And he moans or groans yeah. every yeah. time she has the knock yeah. on the door. That was still funny. Um. Oh man, so many things I can talk about. And uh, who was the who played the the one that was like her best buddy that was almost like a love interest? I can't remember his name. He's somebody I don't think I've seen since. But uh, yeah, the two Wayans brothers in there. No, no, no. You know uh, who it is? It's the it? guy from like Malcolm in the Middle. That's right. He was the so big, the older brother of Malcolm in the Middle. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh, no, no, no. That's fine. Uh, you're talking about the Wayans brothers. What is it, Marlon? That's the younger one, the one that was in that Dungeons and Dragons movie yep. and GI Joe. Yeah, he gets old really fast because he's—I mean, he plays somebody who's high all the time. Yeah, in the movie, and I oh, mean, for me, yeah. a character who's high all the time gets old after like five minutes. They really, yeah, that that is tiring in the movie. I agree. Uh, but his brother, though, oh, Keenan, is really no, funny. no, not Keenan. Uh, God damn it. The one who's, who's gay in the movie? Yeah. He's hilarious. Sean. Uh, Sean Waynes. I guess because, you know, when, when you do something gay like that, it's funnier to me than somebody being high. Man, him, god damn, he is so funny in that movie. Is that the one? He plays it serious. Yeah. Too. He does a great job. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they would talk. I was reading up on it. They were like, yeah, the second one's not as good as the first one because we were so rushed. Because it's like literally a year after Scary Movie, that Scary Movie 2 came out. But I think 2 is better. I think 2 is better. I need to see 1 again, but I think 2 is better. Oh. Uh, but like I said, it is, it is dated and it doesn't hold up. doesn't stand the test of time at all. Well, 2 is the reason I wanted to see 3. And 3 was terrible. I had three on DVD. I don't know if I sold it or not, but we, we blind bought it because we had never seen it before. Yeah. It, man, it's bad. I didn't even bother with four. They, uh, I haven't seen four either, but three, I think, is the one where they do, uh, the, uh, Back Mountain reference. They, they, they reference. I don't, the only thing the, I remember about it is Lasso Nielsen. It has Anthony Anderson and uh, somebody yeah, he else. Yeah, uh, oh. And they they do the Brokeback Mountain deal, and it's uh, well, that's you know, Scary Movie two, if I remember correctly, one or two was a combination of scripts from the Wayans. It may have been the first one for the Wayans, and then the two guys who still make that stupid shit. But uh, I. A sexy movie and 300 Spartans or some Man, dog shit. They're like still that. doing it, aren't they? Yeah. You know why? Because that shit still makes money. Well, it, that's what the kids go see. They go in there to go, you know, finger each other or some shit. It's not a. Uh, is it Buddy Johnson and Phil Bowman? They suck. Is that? I'm not sure if that's them or not. But uh, yeah, that's them. Yeah, are they. It, oddly enough, it was the weigh-ins who were the strong part of. Uh, of those first two scary movies. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, Keenan Ivory directed uh, a couple of them. What's 
and two would not be funny without Tim Curry and uh, and and like you said, David Cross and uh, Chris Allen. Oh man, those guys! I quote that shit all day long. That's one of my favorite like comedies, just because of them. Yeah, you know. Well, Cross, you know, he's refusing any help for anything, even though he like trying to get up the stairs. Right, right. He keeps falling down. Right. Oh, and he's got like three hundred dollar sneakers on, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I enjoyed it though. I I I really think watching it, you had that one scene with that skeleton, yeah, chasing Anna Ferris. That skeleton, the face and everything has like the evil looking eyes. Looks just like one of the skeletons from Army of Darkness. Oh yeah. And I wonder if it is a prop from that. If it is, that the skull looks just like that. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I don't know who's doing the the haunted house style movies. You know, those are, you know, the first one they're they're shit. But I mean, I don't know. They're they're making money, so because they can shoot them for next to nothing. And yeah, put them out, and the kids go see them. You know, opening weekend, it, it does great. Um, well, I mean, this is the kind of shit that makes like. A solid ten, fifteen million its first weekend. It's it's a tire run makes thirty or forty, and then it costs like maybe twenty to make, and then you've got DVD and Blu-ray sales. So yeah, I mean, they're I understand why they make them. It's guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, they're not trying to make high art. I'll, you know, I'm not holding that against them. Just trying to be funny. That's all I ask. But you know the uh, what is that Zucker? And all them, the guys who made uh, Airplane and all that. Oh, yeah. They weren't, they were hitting miss, too. Exactly. I like Airplane. I hate Airplane 2. It's god awful. Really? That, Airplane 2 and Caddyshack 2 are the worst sequels I've ever seen. And I fucking hate Caddyshack 2. Um, and, you know, I love Dan Aykroyd, but him trying to act like Bill Murray. Come on. Was terrible. Come on. It was terrible, man. I, I get the exact opposite of a boner. Watching Caddyshack. What do you call it? Any? Oh, whatever. It all goes in. I get ovaries whenever I watch Caddyshack <laughs> too. Can we put that on the box? Uh, yeah, sure. Can I get ovaries. Can we quote that on the? Uh, me ovaries, on the, uh, the Blu-ray. I mean, it's it's terrible, but <laughs> it gives me ovaries. <laughs> but um, you know, I was trying to watch my Top Secret. You know, I, I couldn't get into. It. I didn't hate it. That's Val Kilmer. Top Secret. Oh, I haven't seen that. But, uh, and of course they did Naked Gun, and surprisingly, all three Naked Guns hold up to me. Those are, those are very hit and miss. I mean, you know, I liked a lot of the Police Squad stuff. Yeah. And, uh, Leslie Nielsen's very hit and miss for me. Um, I think he's, very small doses, he's, he's very funny. Well, you, I know you love Mr. Magoo. I've seen Mr. Magoo, unfortunately. Uh, what was the one we saw? We saw one in the theater, one of his later ones. That, uh, oh, shit. We saw... Uh, wrongfully Accused? Spy Hard. Oh, Spy Hard. Yeah, yeah. With uh, Andy Griffith as the villain. What? And Weird Al Yankovic did the theme. I remember somebody was the bus driver that we laughed our asses off at. Um, but shit like that, man. It's just like, it's it's too much. You know, and I don't know. Yeah, it goes too far. It kind of tarnishes the original stuff, you know. Like, 
Naked Gun 1, Naked, Naked Gun uh, 22 and a third, or whatever the hell the second one's called. You know, those are both really good. I think the third one is is a bit much. It's I like it because it's got him and Fred Ward. I like it because it's got OJ in it. Oh, yeah, they're all great because they have OJ. Fred Ward's great. You know, not killing people. But, uh, um, wrongfully accused. I didn't care for the movie except for one scene that is one of the funniest things I've seen. When he uh, he's running, you know, they're making fun of the uh, the fugitive. He's oh. running through the woods, and, and he keeps hearing the train. He's looking back, there's nothing there. And the train peeks at him from behind the tree. <laughs> I lose my shit every time I see it. Uh, That's funny. That's funny just hearing about well, I mean, it's stupid as hell, but it is funny. What was uh, the one that you said we we saw? Spy Hard. Spy Hard. Yeah. What did you think of, uh, I don't know how we got into it, Leslie Nielsen, a retrospective, but uh, Dracula Dead and Loving It. I can't get into it. No, I can't either. I love Nielsen. I love, who is the guy who plays Igor in that? Or uh, his I- Igor? Hitchman. Chris something McNichols like, he was also in Ghostbusters too oh, fucking A look him up I, I love him but uh, and I love Mel Brooks but uh, I just can't get into the movie the only part of that I really like is when uh, he turns into Ash yeah and Peter McNichols or whatever his name is puts his ashes in a pile on something and draws like a smiley face in it. (laughs) For no reason. Innkeeper Chuck McCann? No. I don't remember the... uh, It doesn't have anybody listed as as Igor. But hey, I remember in uh, Spy Hard, it was Ray Charles was the bus driver. (laughs) That's why it was so funny. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, I do remember that now. Um, who did... Uh, Gotta find out who this guy is. I see. I'm gonna try to figure Peter out. Peter McNichol. Okay. He's awesome. Peter McNichol. Oh, he's from Dallas, too. I never knew that. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I don't know why I watch spoof movies. Yeah, it's kind of an odd choice lately. Just because they were on TV, right? Yeah, it's just Netflix. I just I was browsing the internet. I just want something going on. So I popped those in. I watched uh, Jewel of the Nile today. Because I'd never seen that. It was It was entertaining. Jewel of the Nile. Yeah, with uh, Michael, Douglas. Michael Douglas. Okay. Kathleen Turner and Danny DeVito. That's one I've wanted to check out. Did Danny DeVito direct that? I don't think he directed okay. one of those. No, Louis Teague. Okay. Yeah. The guy yeah. did Cat's Eye and yeah. Cujo. Yeah, oh, yeah. Louis Teague's awesome. He did that. I wanted to see that because that was the second collaboration with those guys since uh, War of the Roses, right? They did War of the Roses they after. They did Romance in the Stone. Oh, okay. And then they did, they did that, and then War of the Roses. Was uh, was DeVito in Romancing the Stone? 
Yes. Oh, really? Okay. Saint Catherine. I didn't realize that, they, that they, there was a third time. Okay. Well, how how was that one? Do you like that, Joel? And I? I like that. I enjoyed them both. They're, you know, the first one was eighty four, and the second one was eighty five. The War of the Roses is like eighty eight or eighty nine or something like that. I love War of the Roses. Dude, War of the Roses is a fucking classic, yeah. in my opinion. That's a great movie. I saw that again recently. I watched it. And I uh, watched it with commentary. Mm-hmm. You know, the wife loved it. You know, it was, uh, her first time to see it. And I hadn't seen it in a long time either. But holds up really, really well. I love the darkness and how it's it's so fucking dark. You know, I like, love those dark comedies. They would never get away with it being that dark these days. You know, well, it's, uh, Devito. I mean, he really should be. See, honestly, if Devito did a Kickstarter to make another movie like that, yeah. I would chip into it. Uh, just because I love his stuff. Uh, yeah. Death to Smoochie. I was one of the only people... I saw it when it came out. Yeah. I previewed it. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. I, I, you know, Robin Williams losing his shit, making those uh, penis cookies in that bag. You know, all the kids are there, and, and Smoochie's like, oh, this, this, this is a rocket ship. But yeah. it's plainly huge yeah. balls yeah. in a shaft. <laughs> and that's what Robin Williams is doing. He's flipping his, you know, He's flipping out over it. Yeah. These kids are playing with these cock cookies, but, and that's uh, got got Edward Norton, right? Yeah, he's okay. spooky. Yeah, you know he's he was great in it too. Yeah, I, I need to watch that one again. I really do. Uh, Guys, I just wanted to briefly mention that this was recorded before the death of Robin Williams. So, if you're wondering why we didn't bring it up, it's because it hadn't happened yet, and it's uh, very unfortunate. And we are sorry to hear what happened. He will be severely missed. I'd like to see DeVito do another movie with a completely unhinged Robin Williams. Not one hour photo unhinged because that was very uh, disturbing. It was was good. I want to see them get a fucking ounce of cocaine, give it to Robin Williams, and I want to see him go fucking bananas like he used to, you know? I miss that shit. Classic, like... Robin Williams, man, he was a fucking force to be reckoned with back in the 80s, you know? I mean, well, they was, should do the Mrs. Doubtfire 2 with a coked out Robin Williams and Danny DeVito. I would contribute to that Kickstarter if and only if he was on large amounts of cocaine the entire time. That's, the Kickstarter doesn't, they it's, don't want money, it's they only for cocaine. The, yeah, okay. This is all, yeah, they. I, I would be down. Uh, that's, a, that's a big stipulation for me. <laughs> no, I, you know, Robin Williams, you know, you, you can. Say what you want. He's great. You know, did you see his stand-up special he did a few years ago? His new, his new stand-up special? Shit, I saw one of them he did on HBO. I mean, he's, he's done a few here in recent years, and it's... Uh, it was okay. It was, it was a bit much. It felt like he was trying a little bit too hard, but... It was, you know, tolerable. Well, I think the guy just... I don't know what, what his condition is, but... You know, once you get him going, he can't stop. <laughs> I watched something about Jonathan Winters and Robin Williams was that because Williams love Winters yeah and I love Jonathan Winters right. he's fucking hilarious yeah. um and uh Williams did that but what, that's the only time I've ever seen anybody really make him laugh he makes himself laugh a lot yeah. but Jonathan Winters makes him lose yeah. it uh it's good seeing them together oh yeah I love seeing Jonathan Winters and stuff uh, pop in an old movie from the 70s and Jonathan Winters in there, mm-hmm. man. It's awesome. Well, the Dean Martin show, you know, I feel oh, old yeah. as hell because I know everybody else who watches it is over 70 years old, but 
I can watch that all day. Was that what he did a lot of stuff on? I know he did a lot of he sketch did bald. stuff. Yeah, his skits and stuff are on the Dean Martin. That was show. Dean Martin. Okay, I knew he did it on something. Um, and uh, it's it's really funny. It still holds up. A lot of people today are not going to watch it because it's old, but they're missing out. They'd rather watch Dane Cook, you know, be funny for yeah. like ten seconds and then put balls out like I'm waiting. <laughs> um, you want to make a make a uh, starfish or a uh, bat wing? A goat. The brain. Yeah, I, I, I do I, like waiting. I, I, I didn't know. care for it. But I don't. I don't dislike Dan Cook. I like his comedy, his stand up. We actually saw Dan Cook in uh, last October. Really? We saw him in uh, Nashville. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't dislike the guy. I just pulled that out of my butt. I mean, there's other like George Lopez, or whoever that was who was like stealing jokes from everybody else. Um. It wasn't George Lopez. It wasn't was, uh, Fluffy. Carlos Encia. Oh, Carlos Encia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I forget the guy, Fluffy. Who's the... Yeah. He's got a movie coming out. Uh, Dr. Fluffy or some shit. But uh, that... I can't stand that guy either. Is that Ralph something that guy weighs? Ralphie May? No, yeah, it's Ralphie not him. May. This is like a Hispanic guy. Oh. Um, I can't think of his name. But, uh... So much for dinosaurs on this so far. Yeah, we're getting there. You know, that, that that fluffy guy is pretty close to a dinosaur. Yeah, so is Ralphie May. Um, but, uh, well, real quick, uh, I was talking about Dracula Dead and Loving, and I thought about, uh, uh, let's see, I had it here a second ago, Vampire in Brooklyn. What are, you, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that one, just, Man. just while we're there? I've never seen the whole thing. Because that, you know, that's Eddie Murphy just past his prime. I just never really felt the need to see it. I I would, I, you know, if it was on Netflix, I'd watch it tomorrow yeah. or so. Definitely. But I, I really can't give an opinion it's, on uh, that. Landis, right? Landis? John Landis? Wow. I, I believe. Let me go double check. Pretty sure. Um, yeah, I saw it on. Uh, oh no, Wes Craven. I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm thinking. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. I guess. Jonathan Landis did some similar shit to that around that period of time. But yeah, this is uh, Vampire in Brooklyn. Is, is Wes Craven? And I I saw it, and it's uh, not not all that great. But <laughs> but yeah, we're uh, going to get into. Our, our, our main topic here is uh, dinosaurs. Talk about dinosaurs film and TV shows and stuff. Just kind of stuff that we grew up with and, you know, are familiar with. That's, you know, I was thinking when we were talking about this topic, this is actually the thing, the reason why we're friends is because, yeah. you know, we, we were both on the uh, soccer team together mm-hmm. and I think we started talking about dinosaurs and now we're both into dinosaurs, you know, at the time, you know, really big. So it's actually the reason why we became friends at, what, six years old? Something like that? Five or six, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was pretty much my thing for years was dinosaurs. Oh, yeah, my, yeah, mine too. I remember kids on the bus singing Dinosaur Dale. <laughs> on there. Dinosaur uh, Dale. I can't remember how the song went, but... Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it was great. I'm sure it was. Really no, I'm sure it was. It was a bunch of like, 
you know, first and second graders singing that. I'm sure it was very nuanced. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, in hindsight, nah, that's cool. Uh, worst things can happen on a bus, definitely. But, um, yeah, it was a big thing for me, man. I, I remember I would actually stuff my book bag with dinosaur toys. Yeah. And bring them out to the, uh, playing around. Oh, no doubt. Um, and, uh, I put them up on my desk. You know, when I was done with my work, I just put them up on my desk and mess with them. And the teacher didn't say anything about it. You know, he was fine with it. Yeah. Okay. Nowadays, I I probably couldn't get away with that. Especially not at my age. Well, I mean... You know, hindsight, you know, you may think, you know, well, I was a stupid kid, but, I mean, who the fuck cares? You know, at least you were, you were doing what you were doing, and, you know, it was fun. Well, yeah, I wasn't like But, I mean, at the time, you know, you get self-conscious and everything, but, yeah. you know, that's just... Oh, yeah, I didn't care. For the longest time, I didn't become self-conscious till my teens. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's good. I think that's a problem with kids these days. They become self-conscious too early. And they want to grow up too early. You know, I try to tell yeah. kids to... Enjoy being a kid. You know, I have a niece that's nine years old, and she so wants to grow up and be a teenager. And man, there's plenty of fucking time for that responsibility and bullshit that you have to put up with. Just enjoy it. Play with toys as long as you can, you know? Yeah. It's like I remember, you know, being, you know, really a you know self-awakening or something when I was like 12 you know my my dad was like you know you're too old to be playing with toys or something like that you know I forget exactly how it went but you know I, I remember it was a you know kind of an eye-opening experience for me you know I need to grow up and quit doing this shit yeah and you know not that I did but you know it's just you know I think that's kind of you know the, the way kids feel even younger and younger these days because all the shows they watch on TV and stuff want them to, you know, you've got six, seven, eight-year-olds acting like they're adults almost, you know, the Miley yeah. Cyrus and, you know, similar shows like that. Just the, these little... The kids aren't even dressing as kids on these no, Disney shows. No, they're dressing they're like... They're dressing like young like women. Like grown women. And it's it's um, really weird and... Um, these soap opera type style, you know, shows that these kids are watching these days. And you know what? That's the thing. They don't need that drama. They don't want it. They really don't. No. You, you know, enjoy your carefree life. Because once you lose it, it's gone. That, uh, you know, that, until you get old and you stop giving a shit again. That, that innocence. Yeah. You know? Uh, I consider myself blessed to have had that as long as I did. Because it was around the same age, man. About yeah. 12 or 13. Uh, I still I still collect toys. I don't I don't I still don't give a shit what people think. I'll play with them on the bathtub. Yeah. Well, I stopped that a few years ago. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean that yeah, dinosaurs was huge for me. Um, and this actually goes back to the Kickstarter thing in a bit. You remember on Disney Channel they had those documentaries yeah. with Gary Owen and Eric Boardman about dinosaurs. Yeah. I watched them religiously. Yeah. It was a big thing for me. Well, you know, they put them out on VHS, and uh, that was it. I mean, they just kind of disappeared into obscurity for a long time. I didn't see them for like 15 years. Well, they did a Kickstarter. Midwich Entertainment is still around, the company that did those. Yeah. And they did Kickstarters, and uh, 
they put them out on DVD. And I have them. Um, That's cool. It was, uh, yeah. I mean, I've got them. I've got. They also put, uh, you know, stuff on there that was never released. And they did a whole show on volcanoes. They had completed the thing except for like the end credits when Disney canceled it because that's at the time in like '94, '95 when Disney was like, "We're done with this," and they started going to the stupid. The, bullshit that they do now. The the new uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse type stuff. Yeah. Is that what it was? You know, where Britney Spears and everybody was in there? Jennifer Love Human. Yeah, yeah. Whatever was that called? Mickey Mouse... Uh, whatever the hell. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. They, not, the, not Clubhouse. That's the shit they do now. The uh, Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah. The, they brought back the Annette... You know, the Annette Finicello and... Uh, you know. Just... They moved away from from educational anything, really, and went into that. They went uh, trying trying to appeal to an older audience, I guess. I, I guess so. You know, more of a teen audience versus a children's audience, and that's the way they are now. Oh yeah, they've been and doing that. They, they have a, a, a while. Disney Junior for the younger mm-hmm. kids. And you know, Disney today is absolutely nothing like it used to be. No. A lot of channels aren't sci-fi, isn't? No, uh, not at all. You know, they all, unfortunately, geared towards their own original programming, which a majority of it sucks. I'm guessing that's where the money is. That's the only reason why I'm saying apparently that, it's you don't have to buy the rights. You can produce it yourself for less than buying the rights. Well, I mean, you look at sci-fi; it is working for them. They make trash, but people watch it. People watch it for the so bad it's it's good. But That's why I can't when, get into it when, because they know what they're doing. When you're self aware of how bad your shit is, it's it's gonna lose its charm. I think. Uh, I, I can't. I can tell. That's that's why people love uh, the room, you know, because it, oh, the room. That, is, that, that that dude thought he was making a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. Same with uh, Birdemic, I think, to an extent. You know, I don't know if you've seen Birdemic. Oh, I have. Shock and the, Terror, or whatever the fuck it's called. But those guys thought they were doing a great movie. And it, you the know, screensaver birds, oh the God. same three birds over and over again. That that shit is that's that's so bad it's god awful to me. I can't. I, I tried to watch it to laugh at, and it's a piece of shit. I laughed for the first five minutes, and then it just kept happening. I tuned it out. I feel like that that one is kind of they they faked it. Like they didn't know it was, you know, it, it wasn't I, I don't good think it was. It, the special effects are too bad. You know, well, I can I do better. We went to a Windows ninety five, <laughs> you know, a screensaver with eagles and yeah. and shit, calling and crap. Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up, but I. Oh, it's fine, man. I was uh, just saying that, that's what that's what sci fi does now. You know, they just put out Sharknado two. They've already got a Sharknado three planned, and you know that now they know. It's they they know it sucks and they're trying to make it bad on purpose, and that's what sci-fi is. That's that's all it is now. So, you know, I mean, they that was probably the number one show that they, you know the night that came out. Number one show oh, on television. Sure was. So. Um, but let's uh, back to the dinosaurs. Um, yeah, see, for me personally, man, my first memory of seeing a movie in theaters was a re-release of Fantasia at the old DeVille Cinema. And uh, I oh, slept yeah. through most of it. It's Fantasia. Oh, yeah. Little kids. Yeah. This was probably 84. 
because uh, my brother had not been born yet, so it was probably 84, and that's around the time, like the last time Disney was re-releasing stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's like the last year Song of the South was re-released. Oh, really? I didn't know they were re-released. Um, yeah, yeah they did. Um, but I woke up during the Rite of Spring part of the dinosaurs, and I loved it. I remember that vividly as a kid. And I passed out again when the dinosaurs <laughs> all died. Yeah. The next thing I remember is my dad carrying me out. Right. Because it had that old... Huge stonework wall oh, at the village. It's, it's you know? still there, isn't it? Yeah, all that is still there. Yeah, it's not a. Uh, but I remember walking, you know, seeing that, yeah. you know, from that point of view, being thrown over his shoulder. But uh, that was my first, you know, cinematic experience that I remember. Yeah. That's a hell of a. Uh, yeah, sure. Experience. Uh, it's a shame I don't remember the night I bought the mountain part with the huge demon over the mountain. And that would have probably terrified me as a child. I don't. Uh, I think I may have been to that to, to that re-release also. Uh-huh. Probably not at that theater, but uh, I don't remember Fantasia very much. Only thing I know of is fucking Mickey with the hat on and the mops. Yeah. You know, the mops carrying the buckets the of water. Part. That's all I really remember of it. And I, it's probably not from the time I saw it either. I never really cared for Fantasia very much. I. Uh as a kid, no, I just liked that part. Because the animation still holds up. It's great animation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that was like Walt Disney's opus, wasn't it? That movie nearly bankrupted him. Yeah. 1941. Uh, he released it at a bad time. Nobody wanted to see a serious movie like that in 1941. World War II. We were about to get dragged into it. Right. There was that right. dread of the war and everything. Nobody wanted to see that. They wanted to see Abbott and Costello, which was huge during the war years. More, more lighter. Yeah, lighter just stuff. funny comedies. Yeah. I don't blame them. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I remember seeing that, and so I just fell in love with dinosaurs. And my dad had a huge influence on me getting into that, and you know, he, he nurtured it. Uh, and then I, I got into Godzilla because of my dad. You know, that would be part of, of the dinosaur thing. Because I vividly remember when he came in and gave me the cassette tape, which I still have, yeah. of my first Godzilla movie, which was Godzilla vs. Megalon. Oh, the VHS? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He picked it up on the way home from work. Oh, yeah. And uh, my brother had been born at this point. Because I remember... And we had that huge TV, you know, it's old TV, oh, yeah. wooden, I all remember. that, set on the floor. And uh, he came in, I ran up to him, I was happy to see him coming home from work, and he gave me that, that tape. Yeah. My mom and my grandmother were in the kitchen, you know, fawning over my, my whole brother, he was a whole baby oh, yeah. thing on the table. So they were, you know, messing with him, and I, they just let me... Left me with the TV. Dad <laughs> put that in there, and I haven't been the same since. Off to the races. And it was, uh, <laughs> I was hooked. Yeah. Because you see Godzilla at the beginning, and you do not see him again for like an hour. Yeah. And he shows up, and it's one of the shittiest Godzilla movies. Which one is it again? Megalon. Oh, okay. But I love it, because yeah. I have, you know, such nostalgia for it. I still watch it. I watch it by itself, you know, yeah. every month or so. Yeah. Um... But uh, 
That was a huge thing for me, man. I don't have the case for it anymore, but I have the cassettes. Oh, that's awesome. You still have it. I found the thing. I found the exact same thing with the case. I bought it. You have it? uh, At, like, an antique mall or something. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it took me a while to find it, but I found it. Um, But, yeah, dinosaurs have been big for me. You know, growing up in the 80s, you know, TV, there was not a whole lot of original programming. Yeah. The original programming would be like News or National Geographic would have a special every now and then. Right. Or you have uh, a movie of the night. Yeah. You know, they were still doing that. Uh, oh, well, yeah. I guess, you know, during the week or so. And, of course, you know, you had Dallas and Falcon Crest and all that crap <laughs> that uh, my parents watched. Really dating ourselves now. Uh, yeah. Um, but... A lot of their, um, a lot of the stuff TV had was stuff from the seventies and earlier, you know, old movies and stuff, yeah, and yeah. TV shows, like Land of the Lost. You know, that came out in seventy four, so and it only lasted three seasons. It was all gone by the time you and I came around, but it was still showing on TV. Right. Yeah, I remember Land of the Lost quite a bit, and uh, I loved that. I absolutely love seeing Grumpy. And Alice and all that was sweet stuff, and um, <laughs> and the movies, man. Uh, you know, I I didn't see the, the Lost World was the first big dinosaur movie, nineteen twenty five. Right. And that man, that's coming up on ninety years now. Damn. Um, and uh, I saw some of that in those dinosaur documentaries that came on Disney. They show clips of the Lost World on that. But, uh, Is that uh, stop motion? Yes. Okay. Willis O'Brien did that. And uh, he also did King Kong. That's what I was going to say. I thought he did King Kong, too. Which that's, that's some great stop motion. Yeah, it is. In both it, those movies. And, you know, people at the time thought those dinosaurs were real. Yeah. Back in 25. I've never, never seen anything like right. that. Right. I know. I know. Um, well, this is probably back when dinosaurs were first being discovered. Is that right? They I mean, were... Uh, they had known about dinosaurs for for a little while at that point, but yeah, they they had changed the look of them to you know the way they look in the Lost World is not what they thought they looked like in the late eighteen hundreds. They thought they looked like giant lizards, literally. Yeah, you can go to London to Crystal Park and uh, or Crystal Palace and still see the dinosaur exhibits. Yeah, and there they look like lizards, iguanodon. Is oh, a yeah. huge chameleon-looking thing with a horn on its nose, but nothing like what it actually looked like or what we think they, it looked like they, now. They move it to the it's the thumb, right? Yeah, it's the, yeah, the spiked thumbs. Right, I, I remember that was a big thing. Yeah, when we were growing up. That was a big, you know, uh, thing to talk about. It, uh, but uh, yeah, see, T. Rex hadn't been found. They found T. Rex, I think, in 1903. So it was still relatively new. Yeah. Discovery at the time. So, yeah, it was huge. And, you know, those dinosaurs were designed after Charles Knight's paintings. Okay. And he is... I still think he's the best dinosaur artist. Yeah. You know, his murals are still in the Chicago Field Museum. Okay. I saw them when I went there. Yeah. They're beautiful. They're still up there. You know, they're not correct, according to modern day... Right. Um... Uh, thoughts on what they look like, but 
I don't care. I prefer my dinosaurs to be monsters. Dragon tails, you know, you know, going through swamps and all that. But, uh, yeah, the movies, as a kid, man, I'm sure you remember some of them. Uh, the Last Dinosaur. Oh, yeah. You know, Richard Boone. I still love that one. That's one of my favorite movies. That that was on pretty regular syndication on TV, on like TNT and uh, TBS. A lot of this older stuff, it all kind of has congealed into one. You know, it's all just like one big amalgamation amalgamation of movies in my head, you know? Yeah. It's hard for me to distinguish between the different ones, but I know I've seen quite a few of these, probably with you a lot of the time. Um, let's see, that, uh, Land of Time for God, Doug oh, yeah. McClure, still love that one. Um, Caveman with uh, Ringo Starr, <laughs> that came on, Dennis Quaid's in that, that too. Huh? Who's in it? Dennis Quaid. Really? He's got to be really young in that. He is. This is 81. Oh, wow. But you had that blind caveman hit that T-Rex in the balls. Yeah. And the T-Rex looks stupid as hell. Uh-huh. It's like, he, he looks like a pug almost in the face. Wow. And uh, that's good stop motion. Um, see, Baby, Secret of the Lost Land. Yeah, yeah, that's the big one I remember. I remember the VHS of that. Yeah. Yeah, I had that. That was... And I like, I love that the scene where the uh, the father uh, Brontosaurus is killed. It's I mean still kind of graphic, you know. Yeah. And then the the mother comes out and they they tranquilize her. Well, that's just awesome. I, I think it's like it's man in suit and animatronics. I think it's two men in the suit for the legs. But. Uh, I, that's still cool. I actually watched a little bit of that earlier on YouTube. Baby? Yeah. That's, uh... How's that hold up? I still like it. I watched it again a couple of years ago. It's not a great movie. Uh, got Patrick McGowan, <laughs> uh, William Cat, and Sean Young in that. Wow. And you know it's it's more it's a PG movie, but yeah, you know it's a little little rough for a PG film. I it's, think it's a lot were back then. Um, I mean, yeah, the dinosaur effects don't hold up, uh, but I still like it. You know the the brontosaurus rampaging through the um, the village at the end is awesome. Still, but uh, let's see. Another one was uh, Planet of the Dinosaurs. I don't know if you remember that. That was those people who crashed into the lake in that spaceship. Okay. And uh, they walk. All the whole movie is just in walking to a synthesizer Casio thing. Yeah. Uh, but you can actually find the soundtrack on YouTube. The guy who did it put him on YouTube. That's really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, This is 78? Yes. Uh, Jim Danforth was hired on to do some of the matte paintings. Oh, yeah. But the stop motion for that is really good. It's, uh, I remember that because the T-Rex was so awesome in that. Um, But stop motion is better than it should be for a film like that. Because the movie's not terribly good. (laughs) Um, well, one thing I want to mention before we, uh, you know, 
end on this topic is uh, Ray uh, Harryhausen. Oh yeah. The uh, you know stop stop motion. Mm-hmm. You know basically the you know Godfather of stop motion. You know. See Willis O'Brien mentored him. Right, right. And uh, Ray Harryhausen helped him with uh, shit. What was it? Mighty Joe Young in '49. Okay. That and that's when Harry Housen really kicked off. One of his first movies, wasn't it? Yes. That he worked on? Okay. Uh, he had done other stuff before that, uh, like uh, fairy tale work and all that. All right. And Willis O'Brien had done the dinosaur stop motion segments for uh, an Irwin Allen movie called um, Animal, Animal World. That's later, though. I think that was 56. Yep, and you're right. They never 56. made it. You're right. Um, I don't think they made it, but that whole segment you can you can find. It's really neat to see. Um, but uh, yeah, Harryhausen, you know, he did his dinosaur contributions would be um, One Million Years BC mm-hmm. with Raquel Welch, which was a Hammer film. Yeah, that's that's one of the big ones I wanted to uh, mention. That, yeah, that was heavy rotation. Yeah, I remember seeing it a lot yeah. as a kid. I was a big, big fan of uh, Raquel Welsh in that bikini. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. And that poster from that's iconic. Yeah, it is. Um, that's some great, great dinosaurs in that one. Uh, that Valley of Guanche. Okay, I'm not that, familiar with that one. It's a western. I don't know if you remember that. The western with the Allosaurus. And Harry Housen gave him kind of a snarl. An Elvis snarl. Yeah, I've purpose. seen the picture. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Uh, that's that's still around. Harry uh, Housen protected his stuff pretty well. Now Willis O'Brien's stuff is crumpled and gone. You can really find, you know, the armatures, Kong armatures are still out there. There's only two. Uh, the Brontosaurus from it has fallen apart. Well, Years ago, you could actually buy pieces of the Brontosaurus. Oh, really? Uh, from uh, Forrest Ackerman. He had it. But those were going to still deteriorate. Well, I think back in those days, didn't they reuse a lot of that stuff? So it was like used on other projects after the fact? That's why it was Some really, of it, yeah. really not around anymore because it was... Well, the latex that they used. I yeah. mean, the latex, the, the stuff they used at the time just rotted. Yeah. Uh, yeah, some of that was reused over and over. So yeah, it gets worn down. So, you know, move on to another movie they were working on or something. Yeah. Uh, it's just cheaper to do that. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm thinking, what else we've got here? Have you seen Crater Lake Monster? Uh, that's exactly what I'm looking at here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's one when uh, Blockbuster first first uh, opened up in the area. Uh, that's one of the first ones I rented. was Crater Lake Monster. It's not a good movie. No. Uh, Mill Creek released it on uh, DVD and Blu-ray. Now, the print is really good. It, oddly enough, it's excellent. Um, the thing about that movie is there's uh, it's directed by... What's his name? Something Stromberg. His son, I think, is William Stromberg. Mm-hmm. William Stromberg... Uh, does a lot of uh, he helps rescue old movie soundtracks oh. he got back Steiner's um, 
original cues and everything for King Kong and redid it because the old sound you know recordings were all faded and shit you know this is from 1933 so he redid it all exactly how Steiner did it so you can buy it now beautiful you know, that's one of the first true soundtracks for a movie you know he did stuff for the entire movie because if you think about it like Frankenstein and Dracula mm -hmm. really only had music at the beginning that's true yeah. you know like Dracula was just Swan Lake and that's it <laughs> um I think they reused it again in Frankenstein or one of the others. Swan Lake. It may have been The Mummy. I'm not sure. But, see, they didn't really have soundtracks. Right. Uh, that's why Max Steiner is so big you know, for a film like that. But uh, that's just funny that his father did Crater Lake Monster. I think that's the only movie he did. Uh, <laughs> the stop motion's okay in it. Mm-hmm. Um... It, the movie could have been better. The monster design is neat, though. Um, yeah, that's a big one I remember watching back in the day. It's like you said, we didn't have a whole, you know, big pool of stuff to choose from. No, we didn't. And most of it was old. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, like, uh, you remember the Loch Ness Horror? That came on USA. <sighs> Not particularly. Shitty. I'm sure I saw it, though. Um... Trying to think of other movies. We can move a little bit forward. Disney Channel had a, a movie that I don't even know if it was put on VHS or not. It's certainly not a DVD called uh, Adventures in Dinosaur City. <laughs> I'm sure you saw that. That's the, yeah, I was looking at that one a minute ago. I, 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 yeah, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Uh, I remember that because I watched it a lot. I don't think I could sit through it now. But, uh, it, yeah, it had pretty good. Uh, yeah, it had pretty good looking. Yeah, I guess that's costumes. Yeah, it's just dudes wearing dinosaur masks and the dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, I remember that, and uh, then there was Theodore Rex, Bobby <laughs> Goldberg. Yeah. But uh, oh, and uh, of course, Jurassic Park. Oh shit! Yeah. Ninety-three, and that. Uh, Jurassic Park is the one time in theaters that I've really had that true cinematic experience. And I may have discussed this in another right, one podcast. Yeah. It was huge for me, man. Yeah. Uh, it was a big deal because I bought the figures. I bought two toys before it came out because it came out shortly before that. Toys of Rise, I got the Young T-Rex and the Tyrannodon. I distinctly remember that. Yeah, I would probably end up getting you know, the others. Um, I still have quite a bit of my Jurassic Park stuff. But uh, but that same year, I think it was that same year, probably early the next one, you got Carnosaur. Yeah, I was going to make sure we mentioned that one. That's one I want to watch again. Because yeah. I remember the chickens exploding in it. <laughs> yeah, you watched that one quite a bit back in the day, I think. Well, I remember reading the book, and the book had a lot of sex in it, which was a, kind of a big thing for me back, you know, when I was like 14. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, sex and dinosaurs, I guess. They go hand in hand. Yeah, they sure do. But, uh, yeah, Carnosaur was kind of like a, uh, was it Was it actually made after Jurassic Park came out? 
So it's kind of trying to capitalize on the... That's exactly what it did. ...resurgence of the dinosaurs? There was a magazine called Film Threat that uh, I got the the edition that talked about Carnosaur. I've still got it somewhere. Yeah, I think I remember. Because it talks about uh, Godzilla movies that have not been released here yet. Okay. Uh, it's my first time seeing them at all, so of course yeah. I grabbed the magazine. With that. Yeah. But all they do is rip on Jurassic Park because they wanted to promote Carnosaur, <laughs> you know, which makes I see you know, Jurassic Park's far better. But yeah. I, I I can find it easily. I'll bring it next time. Come on, Carnosaur is obviously better than Jurassic Park. It's, uh, yeah, sure. Got that puppet, Deinonychus, and the... Uh, T-Rex that sits there while uh, like a backhoe kills him. Well, the thing about Carnosaur is they made like at least three or four sequels. Have you seen any of them? Uh, I think I've seen like two. That's as far I as I saw the know. second one. The raptors in the second one look totally different because they're like supposed to be man in suit. Oh yeah? One of them, uh, the only thing I remember, they reused the T-Rex, the animatronic T-Rex from the first one, the exact same yeah. thing. Um, but the raptors they like blow them up in a hallway something happens and they explode and the foot of the velociraptor was like the size of this chair <laughs> it was huge yeah. a midget could fit in it right. or a child or something like that I just remember that just looked like crap <laughs> but uh, let's see that's what I remember about that but, do you remember uh, the land of the time forgot that's when we when the double core thing oh you already talked about that one okay I'm sorry I really like that that's um, that's a Burroughs novel what about The Last Dinosaur yeah we mentioned that too Richard Boone what about uh, The Missing Link I didn't say that one you mentioned Caveman already <laughs> yeah uh, it's so many it's so many like once the Jurassic Park comes out it seems like it, it really blows up again like Prehysteria came out the same year Jurassic Park came out. We're back. Yeah. Oh, we're back. I had the the fucking. Uh, it was like a little short book that we got at the you know Scholastic Fair yeah. one year. I got that there, and then the we're back. That it was it like a little short movie that had ever come out. Was it animated? Yeah. It was uh, almost like a Don Bluth almost the style. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was very Flintstones. Cool. I like that one. The Flintstones. Flintstones was like 94, I think. Yep, you're right. Uh, but backtracking a little bit, one we missed that was big for both of us was Land Before Time. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to mention that one, too. That, that was really big for me. Because um, I remember the Pizza Hut tie-in. I was going to say the same thing, yeah. And they had that that uh, commercial for Pizza Hut before the movie. Yeah. You know, that's that kid. His mother drops him off. And they drink Pepsi and, you know... Eat pizza. That's it. They just do that. And it's like the best time of their life, eating pizza. Yeah. And then... Uh, the, I remember. And we loved it. We loved the fucking commercials. Yeah. We loved every part of it. We ate it up. Literally. Um, um, those hand puppets. Yeah. That they had of all of them. I remember Pizza Hut did a... Uh, like you said, and we went... We actually went to Pizza Hut before the fucking movie... Eight and I got the Sarah figure. Okay, uh, Sarah. Yeah. It was a hand puppet. Yeah, I've still got it somewhere. But I got Sarah. Of course, you know I wanted uh, Littlefoot, but I got Sarah. And uh, 
went and saw the movie. It was just a great experience. Me and my, uh, you know, mom and dad saw it, and you know, I just loved it. It's a really good movie. I think it holds up. You know, probably because it's animation is why it holds up so well. And you know, they made like ten sequels to it that I don't know if they're any good or not. They no, they uh, they started out the sequels like a decade after, and uh, no, they're terrible. Yeah, I had a great experience with that movie. Great, great theatrical experience. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was like Jurassic Park with me going to McDonald's. Yeah. Um, what was that, beforehand, I think so, or after? Yeah. And they had those cups, those plastic cups. You collect them all. I've got all of them still with all the dinosaurs. Yeah. I think the first one I got was the T-Rex. Of course, yeah. that's the one I wanted. Yeah. And uh, that was the first time he had the... Uh, they're the were they gl- the glass ones or are they just the plastic? Plastic. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember McDonald's would do like Christmas glass. They do, stuff. They do glass. stuff for Star Trek. I remember oh, really? that. Uh, they did a lot no, of stuff. I never really got into the glass, but I know they did a lot of. But these, you know, you got those cups, and it's the first time they did super size. Yeah. Because I don't know if you remember the uh, commercial for it. It started out kind of like the movie did. You know, they're all there at the paddock. They had that the thing with the uh, the forklift with the uh, the cage it's supposed to have the raptor in it. Right. It opens up and there's a super size number four in there or something. So Jurassic Park was the first time the super size yes. was introduced, which has since been discontinued because of you know super size being the movie. Yeah. You know. Um. They had the fry holders. You pop open it's a T Rex mouth. I've still got those. Damn. That's so cool that that was the reason why that exists. Um, yeah, I would say, well, maybe I would, uh, I'm just thinking that because that's the first time I noticed it. But no, no I was I getting quarter right. pounders beforehand. You know, I always get like a double quarter pounder. Um, and then that, that was it. And that was super size. Was a huge thing, man. I love getting those. I kept getting them to get those damn fry holders, but uh, yeah, I ended up getting all the cups. Luckily, um, but yeah, you know, Jurassic Park was uh, probably a big film for a lot of people. Oh, know, I'm di- sure. You know, dinosaur fans and and not, but you know, definitely blew the doors off and you know opened the the genre up to a lot of things. You know, one thing we forgot was Dino Riders, which we've already mentioned plenty of times, but I was going to do a TV series, you know, after we did the films, because we've got got quite a few TV series we can mention, too. Yeah. But uh, we've talked about Dino Riders quite a bit on the show. Um, but um, let's see. You could talk about uh, Dinosaur Island. Did you mention that one yet? No. You're not familiar with that one? That one may be um, one of those cheap director VHS ones. Okay. I had those. Uh, I couldn't rent that shit. I tried. I think that's the one I tried to rent. Oh, yeah. My dad saw it and was like, no. Got the, got the yeah, that's it. On it. I want to watch that's it right it. now. Uh, Fred Olin Ray. Yeah, that's a fucking uh, titty flick right there. Yeah, I had to take it back. Um. <laughs> I wanted to see it so bad too. I still haven't seen it. Well, I have to remedy I'm that. I'm worried about it. <laughs> I have to remedy that very soon. Um, but uh, yeah, real quick, I was trying to find something else we could 
you know, you had all the Godzilla movies that were just, I mean, just coming out in rapid succession around this time, like, from the 70s through the 80s, I mean, there was Godzilla movie every year, wasn't there? For the most part? Uh, no, there was no Godzilla movie between 1975 and 84. Okay. Uh, they were releasing the old ones on VHS at the time. Yeah, that's So maybe, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. In the States, then? Yeah. Okay. Because, uh, you know, uh, a lot of those were coming out. 88, Paramount released several in 88. And uh, it's around that time a lot of them started coming out. Good Times released uh, Megalon. And that's the one I got. But, uh, yeah, the only new one that came out when we were kids here in the States would have been Godzilla 1985, which I didn't see in theaters, which I hate I didn't, but, uh... Well, they really churned quite a few out in the early 70s. Yeah, they did. Like 70 through 75? Yeah. 75 was Terror Mecha Godzilla. That's the last one of that first cycle. And, you know, they made two in the 80s, and 19... Godzilla 85, then Biolante in 1989. But that didn't come out here in the States until 1994 on uh, VHS. HBO released them. That was big for me, because I saw that after Jurassic Park. I rented that in uh, home video and loved it, because that, to me, is still the only time a Japanese Godzilla film has been on par with uh, American special effects. Godzilla looks fantastic in it, so does Biolante. Uh... So that was big for me. I was like, yeah, for sure. I love that thing. Do you remember The Lost World from 92? John Reese Davies? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a home video, too. I yeah. remember renting that. That was a pretty, pretty low-budget affair, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it just came out direct to uh, VHS. And they made a sequel, which didn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> They were flying biplanes on the plateau. They yeah. found oil up on it and all that. Well, they were they were cranking out sequels to all these movies for the next few years. Like you yeah. had sequels to Land Before Time, Prehysteria, uh, Carnosaur. All these movies were just churning out. Mm-hmm. I mean, one after the other. You know, about a year in between. Yeah. But one I'm seeing that stands out to me here is uh, Tammy and the T Rex. You remember that one? That sounds interesting. God, what the Oh, shit. That's the one with uh, Denise Richards. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. I've forgotten about it. Because like her boyfriend died or something. Uh-huh. And she kept his brain. Oh, fuck. And I guess they put the brain in the T-Rex. That makes sense. He was an animatronic T-Rex, though. Yeah. It didn't make a whole lot of sense at all. She does a strip tease for, her, for the brain, and the brain gets a boner or something. Oh, yeah. That's Denise Richards. Yeah. Um, after the brain is installed, Michael escapes and wreaks, wreaks vengeance on his high school tormentors and is reunited with his sweetheart, Tammy. <laughs> I do remember that. I need to watch that one again. Yeah, we need to do a commentary on that one. If we can find it. Sounds like a good one. Yeah, all this shit's so hard to find. Um, but yeah, then you have you know the sequels to Jurassic Park. Lost World that came out in 97 
What are your thoughts on that? I know a lot of people kind of kind of shit on the, the Lost World. How do you feel about it? I had um, I had huge hopes for it. Of course, yeah. after Jurassic Park. Of course, I was in high school at this time. I went to see it with friends of mine. Sure. Uh, the evening of the first day it came out, and uh, yeah, I was disappointed with it. Yeah, I know a lot of people are. Um, you know, I've I've watched it since. It's okay. I mean, it's got its moments, but I mean, it's it couldn't possibly hold a candle to the first one. Yeah. Now, this was Spielberg too. Wasn't yeah. Also. Uh, see the book. You know, Crichton announced the book, and I pre-ordered the book at Books a Million. Yeah. And I got there that night. I mean, I ran there after school. Yeah. And got the hardcover book. I've still got it. Um, and read it. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, uh, Malcolm died. I mean, he flat out died at the end of Jurassic Park. So, with, you know, the lost world, they're like, well, uh, it's just misreported and all that. So he's in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, even the Lost World movie doesn't really follow the book a whole lot. Um, well, neither, neither does the first movie, really. Say what? So neither does the first no, one. No, the first one doesn't at all. Um, um, but I it, just, uh, I couldn't really get into it. I still really can't. It's okay. No, I'm not going to say it's bad. Uh, I'll, I'll reserve that for a three. I hate three. Dress part three. Yeah. Oh, it, it's it's crap. Did uh did Michael Crichton get a, a screenwriting credit for, the, for part two? I think so. I was thinking that that was kind of one of his stipulations on doing it. I think he did. I, I thought I remembered something about that. Yeah, I mean, even speaking of that, man, it's a shame that. Crichton and Winston are both gone. Oh man, it's it's so many people that are that are going each day. We just mentioned uh, Dick Dick Miller the other day. What about uh, Theodore Rex? You remember that one? Oh, uh, that's that's the one I was saying with um. Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, yeah. geez, man, that's a looks like a great one. Mm-hmm. I want to see that right now. The the thing is about Theodore Rex is the the head of it. Yeah, resembles the dinosaur heads in the show. Dinosaur. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe it's some of the same. Uh, it probably is same uh, costume people or same special uh, makeup effects. I, I don't know how they'd be credited. Uh, costume design. Let's see. Well, you know, we I guess we can go ahead and uh, talk about the uh, the elephant in the room. We'll briefly skim over Godzilla nineteen ninety eight and just mention that that came out, and uh, we both saw that and weren't weren't very impressed. Oh uh, yeah, you're you're being all kind now. But uh, I guess we can save that for another day. We may have already done it on here. I don't even remember. But. Uh, we can go to Godzilla 2000. 
You know, I uh, was working in the theater at the time. At the did that get a wide release? For it. Did it get a wide release here? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I did. Surprisingly, um, the nineteen ninety eight film was such a disappointment for Toho that they went ahead and rebooted the series, right. the Japanese series, because they were gonna they were gonna hold off until at least two thousand four, three or four, so Sony could do the trilogy. Right. And uh, with a failure, the com- not commercial failure, but the critical failure of the first one, they did. They rushed Godzilla 2000 and 1999, and uh, came out here in 2000. And it's gonna be my first real Godzilla movie in theaters. Right. Oh, I was really looking forward to it. I couldn't wait, and I really enjoyed it at the time. But man, the, the movie's not good. It's really? one of my least favorite. This well, is one I've been wanting to watch. I haven't seen that one yet. It's just... Uh, the, the, the Godzilla design, I can't really get into. I don't think it's... I don't think it's that good. This is not the one with Zilla in it, is it? Where they where they renamed Godzilla? No, no, no. Yet? That's the last one of that okay. cycle. Sorry. No, it's... Uh, no, I, it doesn't hold up at all for me. But that last cycle of Godzilla movies, only one movie, is one I really like. Uh, that was... Monster uh, Zero? It was Godzilla... It, it's called GMK, because the full... Oh, right, right, right. Uh, the title's long as hell. They just they literally translated the uh, Japanese title. Is that Giant Monsters All Out Attack? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's my favorite one. Yeah, I've heard you reference that one quite a bit. I haven't seen that one either. It's good. It's not perfect, but it's it's good. Um, but uh, yeah, Godzilla 2000 was a better theatrical experience for me, definitely. Yeah, I ran in there to watch as much as I could when I was working at the theater. Yeah, that's good. At least you you were working there, you're able to watch it. Yeah, I just. I wish they had released that one here. I wish they had done GMK wide release here. But Godzilla 2000 didn't do all that well. Yeah. So they uh, they didn't bother with any of the others. We can mention uh, the Disney film Dinosaur. Was it Disney that put that out? Or yeah. the, uh, the animated feature? In 2000. And I, I actually saw this with uh, my nephew and my brother. My nephew would have been uh, maybe four years old around that time. So, uh, you know, he really enjoyed it. And I, I thought it may be a kind of a platform to get him into dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it kind of was. You know, he was he was into dinosaurs a good bit. He went through a, a Godzilla phase where he was really into Godzilla. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed it for what it was. You know, I, I can't say I didn't fall asleep during it. But, you know, like I said, that, that happens during nearly everything I watch. Um, but uh, yeah, man, Jurassic Park three is not really a whole lot after that that we need to mention. Is there anything you had after that? After uh, you know, two thousand, you've got a few Godzilla movies, but I don't think you really care for any of those. Not really. Um, I just, that's just not my thing. I mean, there are other people who love them. That's great, but I just, it's not really for me. And you've got a. Uh, You've got some newer movies, you know, that do the CGI dinosaur deal. 
you know, like 1 million BC, which I, I think I may have seen a little bit of. Um, you know, Land of the Lost remake. I like that one more than I should have. Really? That has Will Ferrell in it? Yes. And was it Zach Galifianakis or somebody in it? No, it's, it's Will Ferrell. It's that other um, guy, the uh, Danny McBride. Yeah. That's who it is. I was getting him confused with Galifianakis. And, uh, let's see, I, I recently saw a movie called Walking with Dinosaurs. Yeah, you were telling which, me about that. Which I, I thought was really good. It, uh, you know, it was one of the first movies to introduce the dinosaurs with feathers, you know, which is kind of a big, has been a big discussion, you know, among uh, the enthusiasts of recent years. Yeah. And this one actually featured, you know, many of the dinosaurs with feathers. Not all of them, but uh, some. And, uh. You know, I watched it with the kids, you know. I was trying to get them into dinosaurs a little bit. I don't think it really worked, but um, I think I watched the movie more than they did. But uh-huh. not a bad movie, you know. But, you know, probably not something you'd want to go out and watch either. But, you know, if you have kids, you can pop it on. Maybe something that's somewhat decent to watch. There is one that's on Netflix right now. It's a South Korean movie called Dino King. Okay. Now, it it's CGI... It's not bad. Uh, CGI. I haven't watched the movie itself, but I've read it's actually very sad. There's a lot of attrition going on with the dinosaur's family in it. I'll put it that way. So I don't know if you want to just go out and watch that with your with your girls. It might make them cry. What uh, is it? So it's like a narrative? I guess so. It, it follows uh, a Tarbosaurus, which is a smaller T-Rex. Yeah, T Rex is a villain. Uh, okay, but uh, that seems kind of similar to uh, Walking with Dinosaurs. Princess. Yeah, it's probably where they they got it ripped off from. That's probably where the the other film ripped this film off. But um, cool. Yeah, I definitely want to check that one. Yeah, out. it's on there. I mean, you might as well. You know, real quick, we probably want to mention a, a few uh, series. You know, we can mention the you know the big one we probably both you know remember is the Dinosaurs TV series yeah which is yeah. it's on Netflix now in it's entirety if you want to watch three seasons it's four four seasons is there, is there anything else you wanted to mention there series wise um, you know, we, we've talked about Dino Riders to death on here but that's that, that was a great one of you know of our childhood we both remember well, man, the only time I could catch the Donna Riders cartoon was Sunday morning. Yeah. Usually I had to be at church Sunday morning. I don't remember watching it on television, man. I remember watching the one VHS I had, I think, that I may have bought at the store. The, well, if you got the uh, T-Rex or Diplodocus, that's you, how got, I got, it. That's you got, how got the VHS it. tapes. Because um, I watched a few of the episodes on YouTube, and the intro... To the first episode is different than the intro to the other episodes. Really? It's got the... It's like in a... Museum? Museum and has the okay, kids that's there. that's an awesome intro. I remember that intro like a motherfucker, man. I must have watched that tape so many times because it was... I remember it exactly... As soon as it started, I remember the music and, the you know, it gives a little speech about everything and it's kind of kind of an odd animation deal you know, before it actually gets into anything, you know, that has to do with the show. It just basically shows these kids looking through a museum and uh, then, the, you know, he kind of travels back in time or something like that. But 
And then the, the other episodes I saw, you know, I watched, you know, probably four or five episodes, and they didn't have that. It starts out with just the, you know, the, the part of the show. I almost get the feeling that was specifically for um, the, the toys, yeah. I guess. Because that was, was. was Tycho. Yeah, and Reese's. Um Man, seeing that the Rex and Triceratops skeleton, you know, the skeletons come to life and start fighting was really cool. Oh, yeah. But the animation was really good right there. Um, um, real quick before we get off of here, let's see if we can, you know, obvious ones, you know, the Flintstones, which uh, you can really, very, very limited amount of dinosaurs in there. You know, they, they were mainly just, really just props in the Flintstones. So, you know, everybody probably watched that, you know, or at least watched it when they were kids. Do you remember the Dino Saucers? Yeah, that cartoon. I don't really remember it very much. I just saw it in a list. That was either USA or TBS. Because, you know, they had those block, cartoon blocks. Yeah. Dino Saucers was part of that. Okay. I do remember that. I remember liking it. Yeah? Was it kind of like a... Almost like a Transformers or something? Like a like a partnership? Kinda, you had the two them. different factions. Right. Of dinosaurs. Um, and there are spaceships and all the... Yeah. I just can't remember a whole lot of series. Yeah. For dinosaurs at the time. Which is kind of odd. Like Dino Babies? I don't remember that. That's uh, just straight up cartoon. That was in the early 90s. Oh, the uh, remake of Land of the Lost in the right. 90s. Yeah. Now, I, I watched that. that quite a bit. Yeah, I remember getting the toy for that, for Scarface, they call the T-Rex. Okay. That, because yeah, he was blinded in one eye. I guess, you know, you couldn't call him grumpy. But, um, yeah, I watched that. How many years did that run? It ran a few years, didn't it? I want to say... Maybe three years. Because I watched that in syndication quite a bit. That See, the dinosaurs, those same dinosaur props were used in the last episode of that uh, Gary Owen and Eric Borman series for Son of Dinosaurs for the beginning. Okay. The uh, I, I hope I'm saying the name right. I'm going to say it's either, I think it's the Kyoto Brothers. Okay. Or Chiyoto Brothers. I think it's Kyoto. They did Killing Clowns from Outer Space. Okay, yeah, I know who you're talking about now. Okay, and they did they did the dinosaurs for this, for uh, Land of the Lost. Um, I never liked the way the Sleece Stat looked in that. Uh, but uh, it was fun. I, I guess his name is Timothy Bottoms, the lead in that. Because yeah. he played George... W. Bush and That's My Bush. That was that guy? Oh, Jesus, man. I had no idea. Yeah, I know who that is. Um, That's My Bush. Yeah, I I enjoyed that on uh, Saturday mornings. That was a really, really interesting show. Really, uh, definitely a show that, you know, was, had to be right place, right time or it wouldn't have happened, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, very interesting. I enjoyed it a lot. I'm sure it's a piece of shit, but, you know, I liked it a lot. I enjoyed a lot of, uh, you know, episodic shows similar to that around that period of time. Um, do you remember a cartoon called Valley of the Dinosaurs? It was, er- like, 
mid seventies when when the show came out. I remember seeing it after seeing some of the screenshots. Um, man, I really don't. Let's see if you can get anything out of that picture. Oh, that like Hannah Barbera. Yeah, yeah, it's Hannah Barbera. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, it it was probably just stuck in between like a bunch of other Hannah Barbera cartoons. It's probably like on Banana Splits. <laughs> when they come out and terrorize you for five minutes and give you a break with a cartoon for five minutes. It, it kind of looks like uh, Herculoids a little bit. You remember Herculoids? Yeah. I was a big fan of Herculoids. Still yeah, it's the same style. Yeah, the, the, the animation looks the same. Man, uh, Land of the Lost lasted 14 episodes. Damn. That's one of those things where it's syndicated so much you think it lasts a lot. Yeah, a lot, there's a lot of that. Wow. That was, that was 1991. That's the same year the dinosaurs came out. Yep. Not the mama, not the mama, not the mama, not the mama, not the mama. Dinosaurs, I mean, I feel like we kind of glossed over it, but that was another one that, that really had to be right place, right time for it to happen. Yeah. But uh, really, really odd show. It, it kind of took an odd turn, you know, in the, uh, the narrative of the show. You know, in the beginning it focused on Baby, and then it you know focused more on Earl as the show went on. But why don't you talk about the the last episode of that show, how that went? I'll say this on Netflix, it's out of order. Oh, it is. Uh, see, there were seven episodes that apparently just did not show on TV. Oh, so shit, on Netflix they have them on there, but they have the first seven episodes. So episode like seven on season four on there, it's the last episode that's shown on TV. Oh shit. It's actually the last episode of the show. Yeah. But the others are, um, they put them on there so you can see them all. Just remember that. The thing's yeah. called Changing Nature. For anybody who has any interest in that, don't ruin it for yourself. That's fucked up in the deck because that kind of ruins it. If you're just well, watching it in you know, their uh, order. Yeah, because the last episode, if you watch it like that, is, uh, has Earl going up against a like a Barney ripoff, a huge hip at Her- Herbie the hippo or some shit? Oh yeah, that was like the big cartoon on the show, right? Or the big. Well, it was a dude in a suit. It was, right. You know, it, another dinosaur in a, in yeah. a suit. Yeah, a, di- a dude in a dinosaur suit in a suit. <laughs> but uh, that's like a turducken. Yeah, exactly. Except not as delicious. <laughs> Um. More. Yeah, this episode, man. It's uh, it's dark. It's uh, cause it's it's very it's, dark. They have the the bunch beetles. That's what they're called. They uh, we say so build something on some land. It ends up being the breeding ground for the bunch beetles. Yeah, they can't breed. So plants the that the bunch beetle. Eight starts spreading like wildfire. Right. Kind of like Kudzu does around yeah, here. Yeah. So they had the uh, bright idea to uh, spread uh, poison everywhere to kill the plants. Right. The poison kills all the plants. Which is their. Now, this is a spoiler, by the way, for the episode. But oh, yeah, that is, that yeah, is true. The, uh, the I don't think people are concerned about spoilers. Uh, yeah, I know. Kills out all the plant life on Pangea. So then they think, well, what causes plants to grow? Water. Where does water come from? Clouds. 
where the clouds come from, volcanoes. So we say so erupts all the volcanoes on Pangaea to create clouds. It blocks out the sun. So a winter comes in, a snow right. and everything. The last damn thing you hear is baby asking either the, the mom or Earl, what's going to happen to us? Yeah. Then they look out the window and it's just pouring snow everywhere and that's it. That's horrible. So what? Why do you think they did that? I mean, was it something that the probably a big fuck you to ABC the, or the something? The creators know. were looking to get some sort of closure. Or? I understand closure, but Jesus, I mean, you know they're gonna die. It's like at the end of Roseanne, you give everybody cancer. They're all they're all in like ICU. This is a Roseanne out. spoiler. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happened. I think at the end. I'm just saying, you know, right? Yeah, series yeah. like that, you all. I don't know, man. I watched that because I had actually kind of stopped watching the show for the. I did too. Three. It it uh, and I don't know why I stopped watching it because I really, I really did enjoy it. It was it was like you said, some of the stories that that revolve around. Charlene and Robbie. Charlene and Robbie, those sucked. Yeah, uh, I think it was. And then Fran, was it Fran? Was that? Yeah, name? Fran. Sometimes she, she had her own episodes, and it's just I didn't care about them. But I understand a show like that. I mean, goddamn, you know how hard has it got to be to write a show like that? And I, I noticed watching it because I have been watching it on Netflix. The uh, they modified the suits as the show went on. It got better, didn't it? Well. They changed Fran totally yeah, in the you face. You told me that before, yeah. Uh, after remember. season one, and I think they changed. I think what they did is they took the animatronic head and changed the snout. Yeah. And then by season four, it's a completely new suit or new head at least. Charlene, they added a tail to her when she matured. That was an episode when she got her tail. You know, they had a lot of interesting analogies, man. Yeah. They tackled like. Masturbation. They tackled that with Robbie. Was that when he yelled at the moon or whatever? Screamed at the moon. That's Robbie. Would just start dancing. You start doing a mating dance. Yeah. Okay. The girl that he liked. You know. He just start doing it right in the middle of class. Uh, Hold on. Put your red rocket away, Robbie. (laughs) Yeah. It. it, You know. It tackled all the same issues, and it's some of those are still topical today. I think the show is actually pretty good still. But uh, that's so fucking weird. That's that's like we were saying how weird the early '90s were. That transition period, and I, I mean, it, it really didn't stop. I mean, the whole, you know, until '95, man, shit was just weird. I mean, that's, that's a weird not- concept for a show. That's a fucking thirty-minute live-action show about fucking dinosaurs, people in suits. Well, it's like the '80s. I don't know. You know how that. You know how each decade kind of cleans on for the next few years and the next. Right, one. but it's it's like it was at that, you know, peak cocaine rush at the end of the eighties. Yeah. That. I mean, we really need to look into that. Like, look into the weird stuff that came out in the, in the late eighties. Like, you know, like Frankenhooker. We talked about you know on, on one of the last shows how weird that is, how weird of a concept that is. You know, for stuff like that to be green lit, you know, somebody had to say yes to this stuff. Cocaine. And it had to pass test audiences, and they said yes to it. More cocaine. Right. But, I mean, isn't that just fucking weird? Like, I don't know. Well, it's like that show, Scorch the Dragons. Yeah, Scorch. You know, it didn't last long. It didn't last but one, two, three episodes. 
But why was that even Greenland? Yeah, talking about weird shit. Look at Tunes the Cat, who only only went one episode, but that was early nineties. Wasn't well, I thought it was eighties. If it was eighties, it was late eighties. But yeah. I had it. I had that one episode on tape with whatever the hell came on after it, and I watched the hell out of it. I, I recorded it. it, which is why I didn't realize it was only one episode. Same with Scorch. Like I recorded all those. Yeah. And watched them over and over. So I, I in my mind, it you know ran a season or two. But Scorched only aired, what, three, four episodes? Yeah, it wasn't much. And then I, I was like, what the hell is Scorched? Because I liked it. Scorched, uh, I think we read about it. It actually was like seven or eight episodes, but they only aired a handful. Yeah. That's, I guess they were trying to recapture the ALF thing, in a way. That's what it was, wasn't it? It's the only thing I could think of. Even ALF is fucking weird. Oh, I know. ALF is weirder than Scorched. Uh, and I'll find it on a sad note, too. It kind of just got straight up canceled, didn't it? Well, no, they, they, answered, they ended it, because uh, at that point, you know, he spent the whole time trying to stay away from the authorities. And you get back to Melmac? They they get him. The authorities uh, I get know, him. They, they made a full-length movie, uh, a made-for-TV movie. They did do that. maybe two yeah. of them. To try to tie him with Right, things. right. Which is actually a pretty good movie. I, I watched yeah. it. God knows why I watched this shit, like... I probably watched it in 2004, 2005 or something, you know. It was on some channel for some goddamn reason. <laughs> even then, that's weird. There was a fucked up station. I don't remember what it was. I don't think it's around anymore. That actually aired Alf again. It aired the full show again. I watched it. And it, you know, it doesn't hold up at all. But I was a big fan of Alf. A lot of that 80s stuff was like that. Yeah, uh, early '80s stuff. Three's Company, Three's Company is hell on earth to me. You know. See, I love Three's Company. When I was a kid, like I used to watch the uh, like really young, like probably too young to be watching something like that. You know, is that it didn't click for me for so long. I know I'm very long winded, but uh, that he was supposed to be gay. Jack, uh, is it Jack Tripper? Was that his name? I think that was his name. And uh, was supposed to be gay, and I was like. You know, I never understood all of that, you know, until I was older. Why Norman Fell was acting the way he was about <laughs> it. Like, what, what's their deal with Jack? Come on, Jack's funny. He's cool. But, uh, you know, it, you know, I had a lot of weird stuff like that. Like, it was basically what my parents were watching, you know. Yeah. And they, you know, it, it came on, like, after the news or something. So, like, they'd watch the news and we'd watch that. And then they'd probably make me go to sleep. You know, so that's that's why I watch that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you talk about the late '80s and stuff. Um, it's like that just lasted. That kept coasting along. Those kind of shows. Oh yeah. Till the you know the mid '90s, when shit like Friends came out. Yeah. You know, and then everything just changed. You know, for me, and it may just be me looking back, the late '90s is a terrible period for me. You know, because nothing came out that I gave a shit about. Right. You know, of course, Sopranos comes out in 99, but I didn't have HBO. I, I, Sopranos fizzled out for me, anyway, by the last season. But, uh... Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. All that, you know, all those TV shows started ending, or should have ended. You know, should've. I stopped watching Family Matters exactly. long before it ended. And in 98, when Steve Urkel turned, like, 80 years old, I just... 
uh, Steve Urkel's 12 feet tall wearing suspenders and he's just towering over Carl at that oh, Carl's bad at that point it's just, well, all that started fizzling out so I stopped watching a lot of TV it's the same with everything else you know the early 2000s had the same problem that the early 90s did you know didn't really know what to do yeah when you know the 90s was a fucked up period anyway um cool but, size cool as eyes <laughs> but uh yeah, I guess we can go ahead and cut it off here. Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, we appreciate you listening. And if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, anything you want us to talk about, any movies you want us to review, anything like that, please uh, send us a response on Twitter at 2 Pod. That is the number two. Or you can also post on our blog. 